Hello, beautiful souls. We are back. It's Miranda with Asha, and we're going to dive a little bit differently into the human design body graph chart. Um, and they kind of just like a different way. So before I go and ask questions, I want to just say that Asha has started diving into more of the sidereal side of pulling up the human design body graph and she has noticed a difference so first we're going to talk about the tropical and what that means and how she resonates with her chart and then we're going to go into the sidereal and see how the awareness has shifted sound good asha yeah perfect okay so um i would just like to jump in as far as your tropical human design i don't have the chart pulled up but what when you first found or reconnected or connected with your human design chart you said in the past podcast that you thought you were a four or six yeah okay so what happened there when you were diving in and connecting with who you are as that four six and then what happened as soon as you realized that was inaccurate and how did that make you feel oh god it made me feel like who am i like it was like I just like had a, a you know a, that thing like who am like what who am I really like I have this idea of four six and like okay this is why things aren't happening to me because I'm not off the roof like you know I was like kind of creating this whole story around what it meant to be a four six and why I wasn't fulfilling my purpose in the world and what have you. And, you know, and I had like my teacher and my friends just like cheering on that, like, uh, I storyline that I had around the four, six. And then when I found that I was like, oh shit, I did the wrong time. Uh, I was like, okay, this is who I am. I am this four, one still manifesting, like not much change in the chart. I was still manifesting generator, same openness definition, all of that. Um, but it was this like, okay, I'm a four one. And actually that probably made more sense. Um, in my mind, it was not as sexy as a four, six, you know, we all got stories even in, even in this game. Right. And, um, but it really, like, it really forced me to have conversations with myself and like with people who I was in community around how oh, wow, we can put so much stake in the identities that we create for ourselves that we don't just relax into being who we actually are. Hmm. So that was like the big, like the big thing. And it took me a while to get, I, I don't know why, but it just took me a while to be at peace with who I was. I think I, I like stopped going, like I stopped talking about human design for a while until I was like, what? <laughs> I love that though, because now on the previous podcast, we talked about how human design is a tool, but not to get like really stuck in that. So it sounds like this is part of your journey. It was, you were to think that you were a four, six to go dive and deep into all that. And then to come to the realization that you weren't. And now you're here to actually express that and share that you can put yourself in that box, even when you don't realize you're putting yourself in that box. Yeah, for sure. Is, is how do we like be, become more flexible with who we are? And also like we can, we have permission to 
be something different than what our chart says. Mm, I love that. Like, you the know, yes and yes. you know, it's like, no, if I want to express something and it's innate in me and it's born from my soul and it's authentic and it's emergent and it's correct, then like go and do that thing. That's unlike what your chart says like that. The one of the things that, you know, I think we're going to talk about like the sidereal and the tropical situation. But one of the things that I'm deeply learning from my Yotish um, Vedic astrology teacher is that his teacher has uh, shared with him that the charts are only like, um, you know, like 30% of the story. Mm. You know, it's like the chart is just like, hey, here's here's the acupuncture needle to the point of who you who you could be. But essentially, you are all the meridians, right? And you can be anything. And so there's free will. And, you know, if the charts speak to something, there are remedies for it. And there are ways in which we can look at the relationships between the planets and what have you. But ultimately, we are so powerful that we can express what just feels like authentic and correct for us. And these are just like, like, it's like, you know, when someone says, okay, you can travel from Boston to Hawaii. Um, and here's, here are the routes. <laughs> and then we get to take whatever route like feels right for us in, in our season and our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like what we mentioned before. It's like a tool. You get to look at it, you see it, you get to connect with it, but then after, then what do you stay within that? Or is it like, thank you. And now how am I going to evolve and grow? How am I going to use this information so that I can connect more, make more, more impact, help more, be of service more. Right. Cause I know a lot of people and I've actually, I'll be honest, I've done this before. I'll be like, Oh, that's my 48, uh, the inadequacy, right. But it's not, I have the awareness, but then it's like, okay, and then what? Right? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that is, that I appreciate about all these systems is that they are living, breathing, evolving systems. And especially when we look at the, um, the I Ching, the hexagrams, we in human design kind of like condense them into a one word or one sentence thing but they are really stories. And so when you read a book, you read a novel, there are certain pieces that you connect to and that resonate with you. And there's like a, a theme that you get from the book or the novel, whatever, right? And then when I read the novel, there are other pieces that I'm going to connect to and that are going to resonate with me. And it's the same thing with the hexagrams is that when we actually spend time with the stories of the hexagrams and even even the visual of the original hexagrams have a transmission in and of themselves so even just sitting with whatever hexagram is like you know getting louder for us has um has a transmission and a medicine uh that is beyond the cognitive right like that that's one of my critiques of like human design communities is that we've condensed everything down into like some kind of cognitive uh information 
um, you know, like tidbit about like the 48 is this. Well, you know, there is a story in the 48 and really with sitting with the story, meditating with the hexagram, meditating with the story, um, something else can can like happen in that and and bless us, you know, and and those around us too. And that goes into the actual stillness, the real work. That's that's the real work is contemplating being with it, right? Rather than the information, because human design, it says it's all about feeling into the body, but it's the information. So you're still in the mind if you're staying stuck in the human design body graph, right? And not feeling into things and slowing down and kind of shifting your perspectives. So I would love to go into the sidereal and the tropical. And sure. I'm just going to let you start all that because I haven't even started with the sidereal. So you go right ahead. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, so we, we talked about in the previous um, uh, part of the, the podcast, how, I, you know, I wrote this book, um, your soul map in large part, because I wanted to pay respects to the parts of that make up human design, right? And so part of paying the respects is also looking at the astrology, which many of us, when we learn about human design, we know nothing about astrology. And um, I actually think it's a really big miss in, in the community when we don't understand the astro astrological themes that are the backbone and the foundation to the chart to the body graph so there's that step one you know let's learn our astrology step two is sitting with the different information or the different medicine the different transmission that tropical and sidereal offer so um tropical is calculated um by kind of um taking a look at how um well i'll, I'll start with sidereal so sidereal is really like taking a look at where the stars are in the in the sky and how the planets are in relationship to the stars or to the constellations and that is, um, I mean, it, I, uh, I'm, I'm having a moment because I'm like trying to like, how much do I want to say about sidereal? So Vedic Yotish astrology is like a whole um, body of um, school around our relationship to the stars. And in Yotish, as they call it, um, or sidereal Vedic astrology, we have the human and the human is affected by the planets and the human is affected by the constellations. But within those constellations, there are actually stars. And so those stars um, have, have very specific information. So if you see like the Orion belt, right? You see the three stars. Well, each of those stars have a different energetics about it. So Vedic astrology looks at all these other levels. So that's why people say it's, a, it's more precise is, is what, what the feeling is. And then with tropical astrology, um, it compensates for the rotation of the earth 
at the equinoxes. And so the calculation is a little different. So how the calculation looks is that if your, say your rising is zero degrees Aries in tropical, in sidereal, or it's gonna be 24 or so degrees Aries. So it, there's a 24 degree difference. So my inquiry, and I'm not like fully arrived at like what I think about everything, because I've now gone deeper, like now I'm, I'm working with a teacher and I'm deepening all of that. And it's actually very comprehensive because it's not just about like the planets and the stars. It's like there are deities that are honored. There are mantras. There are um, specific, um, you know, pujas. Like it's very comprehensive. It's like, re it, you know, it kind of connects at every uh, at every level. So kind of what you were talking about, where we think of all this inform as information. So it's very mind focused and you're kind of inviting people to drop into uh, spaciousness and feeling and embodiment. And so those are different um, uh, consciousness levels, right? Like different bodies. And in Vedic astrology, they go even more meta than that. Um, because it's it's about a whole cosmology um, beyond just like a cognitive thing. So anyway, um, the way that I'm playing with the tropical and sidereal is that I can't, I am not someone that's going to say, okay, I'm done with tropical. I'm going to go with sidereal because it's, it's more exact. I love how meta it is um, because I do see that there's a value with tropical. I see that there's a value in understanding Neptune, Pluto, uh, Uranus, right? Like what are those like, and we can only really see that in tropical astrology. We can't see that in Vedic astrology. So there's value in that. And not to say that those aren't talked about in Vedic because they are, they just call them something different. Um, so there's that value. There's also the value of, um, this is the theory that I'm playing with. I think that tropical is how the world responds to us. And sidereal is, feels to me more like how we actually feel inside. Mm -hmm. And just because we feel a certain way, doesn't mean that the world is going to like get it. Um, so the tropical feels more like that's our strategy out in the world. And the sidereal gives us opportunities of how to honor our internal world. That's the way that I'm playing with it right now. Mm, that feels good because it's like the tropical, it's like, okay, how do I put myself in this world? Who am I? All this stuff on the external kind of. And then if you want to go deeper into the internal stuff and go into the deeper stuff, it's the sidereal. Yeah. Oh, that and feels good. I'm going to give you a personal experience of when, uh, okay, first personal experience. I always talk about this with people who are like, should I really wait to respond? You know, like how we're all programmed to just like be manifestors and go out and make the thing happen. I had this moment where uh, I can't remember how many, let's say it was eight years ago. 
where someone came to me and they said, we want you to be the in-house human design person in this like big platform thing that they were doing. And I was like, you know, my strategic mind was like, I'm all in, right? Like this sounds amazing. And, but I was like, but I got to talk to you, right? Like, let's talk. I want to feel into the energy. So I felt into the energy talked. My strategic mind was like, so in. And then I was like, okay, give me some time to like really sit with my system because we affect each other's auras, right? So if I'm like psyched with what you're doing and I'm all enrolled in your own auric field with you, great. But what happens when I step off of that? And when I sit in what you said, stillness in my own uh, auric field, in my own essence, well, my sacral said, uh-uh to that experience. And I was like, fuck, I'm like, why? You know, and I just like kept having this like fight with my sacral. Like, no, this is a really good opportunity for me. And, but I, I remember being in that moment where I was like, listen, Asha, if you're actually going to be someone who is going to teach other people about human design, <laughs> you should probably like do the thing. Like you should probably embody it and not just like from a mind place, just, you, you know, you know how it is, right? It's like one thing to know that, know the information. It's a whole other thing to embody it and actually practice it. Yes. So I was like, okay. I'm going to listen to my sacral. And I was like kicking and screaming, right? Internally. But I had to say to the woman, I'm like, it's a no for me. And I mean, I was like, ugh, like it was killing me inside. And, but about two weeks later, my whole system was like, yep, that was the right decision. And I thought that that was really interesting because in my tropical, I don't have an emotional wave. I knew that my answer was in dissonance with the rest of me. I knew it was correct to listen to my sacral. Like I knew that, like I knew my head was having a dialogue and I knew my sacral was having a whole other dialogue. But it was interesting that it took me about two weeks for my system to catch up to my sacral. And I remember that. And then like after that two week time went by, I was like, yeah, it doesn't even bother me that I said no. I could just feel so correct and so aligned and like be sure my mind could have stories about how like how lucky is that person who is the in-house human design person. but. I was so on board, like my whole body was on board. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, recently, honestly, like right before writing the book, I think it was, so it must've been like um, a year maybe ago or a year and a half ago, if that, that I started looking at Sadir. Actually, yeah, it was probably more like a year and a half ago because there was this kind of <clears throat> excuse me, this wave in the human design community where we were exploring sidereal and, you know, a lot of the teachers are like, no, it's a no for me. And I'm like, I don't know, something feels like a yes for me. Um, but also because my lineage is more on the Vedic astrology mm -hmm. side. So I'm not going to dismiss this because um, something feels correct. And then also it's a way for me to also honor my lineage and like, you know, 
the Hindu thousands of year study, uh, they can't be wrong. Uh, you know, there's gotta be some, something there that just can't be dismissed. And I'm now that I'm diving deeper into, you know, being an actual student in that, um, that way of being in relationship to the stars, I'm recognizing how much has gone into, um, you know, the, the Yotish, um, astrology. So how have you, um, started you know, because we talk about life purpose is not what you do, it's how you be while you're here, right? So how have you noticed that you've shifted the way that you do your business and be? That's a good question. I don't know that I have the exact answer yet um, for me. Like I've really landed at the right, you know, like my right place, you know, like the, like, what what's that um, children's story of the the girl who sleeps on the different beds? I can't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, like Princess in the Pea, <laughs> or whatever. One of those things, right? Well, like I haven't quite landed at what where I sit, right? What my right bed is, or whatever. Um, but I'm in deep curiosity. Oh, Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm in deep curiosity. I'm in deep curiosity of what right now I'm in deep curiosity of what my Yotish sidereal chart is really inviting me into. Like I've spent uh, many years in the tropical astrology. So I feel like I have a really good foundation. Um, I incorporate a lot of um, actually that's what I do in my human design readings. Like I talk about the astrology piece, um, the themes and the person, and then I dive into the human design thing. So I was, I've been doing that for many years, but now the exploration of the sidereal, I'm just like sitting in that and playing with that and so appreciating, you know, the, the mantras and the, um, and the practices that come with that, like I'm, I'm really kind of blown away um, by by how how full it is, like how much it can support somebody. Uh, because back to what you were saying, it it removes us from just having a knowledge, mental processing, and it brings us into the experience um, and the the depth that is available, right? Like when, you know, when you associate um, uh, uh, um, this body of work to deities and to like creating like a, a little moment in the morning to light your dia, you know, your, your little candle um, to with like very specific oils and um, mantras to, to Ganesha and Sarasvati. And, you know, like it just feels like, um, like something else is holding it, mm -hmm. you know, something deeper is holding it. And I think that's why I'm, I'm kind of enamored with it right now. Um, personally. Yeah. And you're doing your own work. That's you're the one that's doing your own. I, I always like to say that's interesting. Like, because when you say that's interesting, it's like, okay, you have this information or you have these beliefs before, but then something else came in and it's like, 
huh, that's interesting. Let me sit with that and see how that feels. So you're really opening up to even more of, I feel like it's in your cells, you know, you're even opening up even more in a cellular level because you're connecting the dots of something that's interesting or that feels interesting. Um, yeah. That goes to the, the, like you said, the stillness, the slowness, the connection to what feels true for you and letting it be okay if it's not true for anyone else, but it feels true for you. Right. And that, and that we're always evolving. Right. So like what was true for us two years ago, it's kind of not. And so are we going to give, like, are we going to be so rigid, even in our own ideals that we don't let evolution occur? And, and it's, and I know like for open head and Ajna people, it's like, yeah, duh. But like, for those of us who have <laughs> definition there, it's actual work. It's actual work to be like, oh, it's a possibility. Okay, let me, you know, and especially like, I know, you know, you and I really connect on like the ethics of things, right? And sometimes like it's, it's ethics is super important, right? Like, especially like we're, we're watching all this AI stuff and we're like, ooh, yeah, we need ethics. But ethics to the point of rigidity is where we get ourselves in trouble. Yes. It's like, ah, uh, yes. There's always that balance and it's all about awareness. And the awareness is all about making sure that you're connecting to yourself because otherwise you're not, you have no idea. You're kind of like off and the open head nodge. And I know I'm so grateful for my open head nodge. <laughs> Listen, I honestly, before human design, I really thought that I'm like, everyone else is stupid. Huh? Like, how terrible is that, right? Like, that's how, how, I mean, that's how fixed it feels like that energetics is, um, where you're like, no, this is, I remember having conversations with my partner and I'd be like, that's just not how it is. Like, well, you know, things related to spirituality or like the experience of God or whatever. And I'm like, that's just not how it works. And when I started understanding that the pattern recognition that I had was like my own pattern recognition, um, that someone else has a different pattern recognition and uh, they get to have their own, I mean, especially with spirituality, like the, I'm, I'm bringing like the most like um, ridiculous uh, example of my own like rigid mind um, because obviously spirituality is so like individual and so unique to somebody, but I, I could start seeing how, oh, this thing is actually um, infiltrating a lot of parts of my life. But there's a beauty in it too, right? Is that if we can share these patterns that we recognize in the world, because we feel so in so much conviction with it, uh, we allow for someone else to say, huh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm not because even though I, I, I try to share things in a way that's like, you know, take it or leave it like compost it. If this doesn't work, you'll hear me say a lot like that, like things like that. I also say things with a ton of conviction and that conviction allows for the energy to like kind of penetrate someone. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like they then have a choice to like do what they will with that. 
Yeah. And I will say that's one thing that human design does support people with, because like before with an open head nausea, that if you were to like penetrate that information to me, then I would start second guessing myself and I would start believing what you were saying. And then I would think that I didn't know anything. Like you just said that we didn't know anything, right? That we're stupid, but it was because like everything comes in and out. So it really gives you that it's always that awareness of, okay, it's this. And now what? I'm not going to create a belief. I'm not going to get restricted. I'm not going to, it's just that awareness of these patterns that we do see or recognize that gives us the opportunity to, to shift, to pivot, to then evolve. Right. And part of what you were saying too, um, earlier on about like how much the depth of the human design, um, like practitioner or facilitator is the responsibility that we have in knowing how we affect each other. Right. Cause if I know that, that my pattern recognition of my definition affects someone who has openness, I have a responsibility in that moment to just like even propose the thought in a way that actually allows them to have free will. Like I'm working with um, a client who's a projector in her business. And I mean, yeah, I have a ton of experience around building businesses, but I also don't want her to feel like she has to take up the whatever adventurous invitation I provide is really important. That's the responsibility with like having a projector client, right? I have to have her know that she has full agency of what happens. And I'm just here to like sort of offer the different fields of possibilities based on what I see works. But ultimately she's the one that is responsible for the choice that actually happens. And I mean, we could talk about like, you know, all the the messes that happen in the coaching industry because just because like we think that what we've created works for everyone else. I mean, like I'm uncoachable at this point, like unless you know human design, you know astrology, you know um, spiral dynamics, like no, no, we cannot do this, right? So. I'm shaking my head. Yes. Cause yes, I know. <laughs> um, but we have a responsibility to each other. Right. And responsibility is mostly to like, sure, offer what we have noticed, but then allow for the other person to feel into what is actually correct for them. I love that you, I'm going to like kind of bring this all together with, I always bring everything back to yoga and the practice of yoga and Ashtanga, you know, we have that in common. Yeah. And as a Ashtanga yoga teacher, it is, you do not teach or support other people in the things that you can't, that you are not doing. Mm. So if you, for example, for me, when I couldn't stand up from backbend, I was not to support people in standing up from a backbend. And it kind of goes hand in hand with this in our own personal growth and fine tuning and learning about ourselves and, you know, self-study, right? So it's like, we have to do our work 
to be able to continue to support people in their work. If we don't evolve, then they don't, we don't get to support people in evolving. And that's what we're all here to do. But so many people are supporting people that are not doing the work, you know? And that's one thing that I so deeply connect with you with is like being humble and doing the work and then supporting people and what you've learned and experienced and continuing to do that for the evolution of humanity. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if I can push back a tiny bit. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Hey, who knows? Right. Because I've been, I, um, back to the Ashtanga thing. Um, so I got to practice with David Swanson, um, a, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how, um, what a bummer it is when we can't do something and we don't hold the vision for someone to be able to do that. Mm. Right. And so sometimes it's like, at least make the effort to do the backbend at least do your earnest with the backbend, but, and in your challenge, I bet you are an even more aware, present teacher to the person who's learning because you know all the challenges of the backbend, right? And then like someone else gets it. I mean, sure, it's a bummer when our, when our students like um, supersede us, but like, that's part of the thing too. Like our students should be, the like just like our kids Mm -hmm. right like our students should like that's part of the the what is it uh right that's Mm -hmm. part of the the lineage is that you get to um uh, not what's the expression like not sit on my back but like like uh like i get to lift you to the next level right like i i get to lift you up to the next level and you get to be better because of everything that i've been through too Mm -hmm. so maybe it's more so if it's a teacher that is learning and challenging and moving through the back bend they get to support but it's those teachers that just don't do it yeah Right. If you're not even trying, like it's a little, you know, it's like the person with their crossed arms, like telling people how to raise kids and they've never done that. It's like, "Mm, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, this was beautiful. I would love for you to share anything else that you'd like to share. Um, Any insights? I know you did in the last one, but if anything else is coming up that we discussed on this podcast, please share with us. I appreciate everything that you bring. And I know everyone is going to love this and like, listen to it numerous times, guys really connect with her. She is beautiful. Amazing. Like the wisdom is just, you exude it. So I appreciate you. Um, and then anything that you would like to share last words. Thank you. Um, it, you know, as you, as you probably also experience as you're, you're, you know, a teacher in your own right, it is really precious to be seen um, for the wisdom that we bring. It's really, really precious. Um, there's so much um, in this world that keeps us from seeing each other's medicine and each other's wisdom. And so I just really feel seen and I really appreciate it. And I think it's, you know, why this, um, 
even this chat that we had around all this was so candid and you know i'm funny like we're funny human beings like we can be super wise but then also like be so human right so i really i really loved the conversation i really love how i feel seen and the message to people listening to this is allowing ourselves to explore the possibilities of what other systems can provide um, taking a broader look if you're a human design person i really invite you to learn astrology because it will make your human design embodiment um, so much more rich and then you know you can go straight to sidereal if you want and then explore um tropical but in but either way like the more that we can let ourselves continue to always be students um there's just so much like i can't even after writing this book i'm i'm like wow i created like i felt like i planted seeds for myself to deepen in the parts of human design like now i'm like um you know taking an immersion in the kabbalah and like you know with a vedic astrology teacher and like oh yeah there's like deeper invitations for all of us to deepen um what this you know this chart um has opens up for many of us yeah the magic and the mystery of it mm-hmm. mm. thank you so much um i appreciate you and i love you Um, love you and I'm so grateful that you came on here and for those of you like I said everything will be in the show notes so that you can find her get in touch with her connect with her and again thank you everyone for listening love you and until next time thank you Asha thank you